0: Welcome back to the honestly well podcast. I'm Marissa Fay, your host. I am a holistic and functional nutrition and wellness practitioner, and I am so glad that you are here today. Today's episode topic is one of the most requested topics that I get. From you all and from folks who follow me on Instagram. And recently, there's been even more conversation coming up, both in my personal life with people who don't necessarily know what I do, um, and all over social media and with my clients. So, I'm going to finally put down in words so you can all hear my thoughts about coffee. Now, if you listen to the last episode, you know how I feel about coffee enemas. They are bae. I think that's what the kids say. (laughs) But that is a totally different route of absorption through your bottom, through your colon, and into your liver, and into your digestive tract versus via your mouth or the oral route. So let's dive in and talk a little bit more about coffee. First of all, I know that there is a ton of information out there that truly seems to conflict when it comes to coffee. And now we're not talking about decaf coffee. We're talking fully caffeinated coffee. Now, coffee gets complicated because we're not just talking about caffeine. We're not just talking about the isolation of caffeine. We're talking about everything that travels with it when you consume caffeine in the form of coffee so first of all you may have heard someone somewhere tell you that coffee is the worst thing for you you must stop it is making all of your symptoms anything in your life that's going wrong it's because of coffee and if you're a rebel like me then that might have made you say f you i'm gonna drink my coffee and enjoy it knowing that i'm doing something that might be bad There's something really alluring about that for some of us who tend to rebel to what people tell us. And to you, dear friend, I say this conversation is going to be a pretty balanced conversation to lay out some of the pros and some of the cons, and also share my strategy for how best to consume coffee with minimal impact to your hormones and to your stress levels, because that's probably the juiciest tidbit you might get out of today's episode. So first of all, what's bad about coffee? Well, my former self is paying to even say that because I used to be a pretty avid coffee drinker. Somewhere in the lines of college and working a couple of jobs, putting myself through school, I really did pick up quite the caffeine habit. It was like comfort in a cup. And at the same time, I also was stressed as heck, working multiple jobs, going through school on the honor roll, trying to keep up with everything, let alone have a social life, let alone work out, take care of my own health and well being. And for someone like me, who was high stress, coffee was a recipe for burnout. And if you identify with being moderate to high stress, then you are on the same trajectory that I was. When you're someone who already has a lot of physical or mental or emotional stress, coffee and the caffeine in it is going to make that worse. I want you to really take that in. So caffeine, especially when we consume it the way most of us do, which is like, it's the first thing you make. You can't wait to have that cup of coffee. Maybe you're watching what you eat. So you don't even put anything in it. It's black coffee, or maybe it's coffee with a splash of milk. Right. But it's pretty simple. Not a lot in there besides this murky, warm, soothing water. Right. That is a straight hit to your system of more stress, more get up and go when that is the last thing that it needs. And when we consume coffee in that way, it puts us on a roller coaster with our stress hormones, with our sleep-wake hormones. And funnily enough, the only solve to the type of withdrawal that some of us have when we have a coffee habit like that is the next day's cup of coffee, which is why if you've ever tried to quit coffee and you're somebody who was a coffee drinker kind of first thing in the morning before a lot of other things, before food, before drinking other beverages, you might find that in trying to quit, you have a headache, you have digestive changes. Some people get looser stools, some people get firmer stools. You might find you're moodier. You might find that you have more cravings All of these things go hand in hand with the roller coaster that caffeine can put you on if you consume it under high stress conditions, okay? So that is a really important thing for you to know. Second of all, if you're someone who has been living that coffee lifestyle for a while, then you are probably someone who will benefit from at least a couple of months of no coffee, period. No coffee, not even the strategy I'm going to mention a little bit later to help you be able to balance your love for coffee and your desire to be healthy, have balanced moods, emotions, hormones, all of that good stuff. I really do believe that the best thing a lot of us can do when it comes to these foods and beverages that we have a committed relationship with is to take a pause for a couple of months, let your system reset and work on forming a new relationship. Okay. The next thing to know about coffee is, as I mentioned in the episode on coffee enemas, it is one of the most pesticide laden mold laden products out there that many of us consume on a regular basis. So if you're going to drink coffee, whether it's decaf or not, I want to strongly encourage you to be buying it organic and ideally tested by a company for mold, even better also tested for heavy metals. The reason is, is especially in liquid form like this, and especially when we're heating it up, this is a way to ensure rapid absorption of your body of these pesticides of mold spores. If that's something that your body doesn't do well with. And I can tell you almost everybody does not need any more of that. Right? So really being mindful of that. If you're an everyday kind of coffee person, if you're someone who has the occasional cup and is more likely to be out and about, I'm going to say, unless your health is really causing you issues the occasional cup somewhere where it's not the highest quality coffee is not the worst thing in the world. Okay. Don't let anybody else convince you. Otherwise there may be certain health issues you're experiencing though, where not having that cup of coffee out might be a better idea for you and your body. And only you and whoever is supporting you in your health can tell you and know that. Okay. The next thing to be clear about coffee is It is a stimulant, right? That caffeine is a stimulant. It's one of the reasons that we love it. So it increases our heart rate. It increases our body temperature. It can sometimes increase your focus. Some athletes even use it. Some people trying to lose weight, use it. We love coffee for so many of these reasons and effects, but you've probably noticed that once the coffee wears out, there is a bottoming out that occurs. And when I think about a stimulant like caffeine that's in coffee, I think about what that does to our hormones and also what it's going to do to your blood sugar regulation, your blood sugar regulation, which I'll dive into in in, in an episode soon is really going to impact that craving and satiety cycle that we all have. The goal when it comes to your blood sugar regulation is instead of being on a Mondo roller coaster, to be on a kiddie coaster, to have it be gentle, right? So that you're never experiencing a symptom like hangry, right? You're never needing food right now because it's such a gentle ease up into hunger and needing food and needing your next meal that it's easy to predict, it's slower moving and you have time to get in front of that and get yourself a well-balanced meal to help bring that back into balance, okay? Coffee is going to play into that cycle. It's going to play into your hormones and it's going to play into inflammation for many of us when we are using it under these high stress circumstances. However, for some bodies, there are benefits to having a little bit of caffeine. There's some really interesting research that points to the antioxidants in coffee. So again, we're talking about that higher quality coffee, right? If you're going to do it regularly, there are antioxidants in it. There are also some properties that can help protect from neurological issues down the road as we age. So we do see a connection possibly between coffee intake and reduced risk of things like dementia. Now, this is going to be really individual to you and your body, whether or not this is something that actually supports you versus something that you can find a way to make a little bit more neutral when it comes to impacting your health, right? And there are a lot of things that we want to be able to do for our body where there's just more of a neutral response, right? And the best way to do that is to have a healthy foundation first and foremost, right? Well-balanced diet, getting good quality sleep, getting movement, getting outside most days, taking some time for mindfulness, right? Then we can think about the body being more resilient in the face of something like a little bit of caffeine in a cup of coffee every day. One of the things that I really want to share with you all and impart to you is there are ways to drink coffee that have less of an impact on your hormones, less of an impact on your stress, less of an impact to possibly dysregulate your blood sugar. And this is one of those things where I always hesitate just for a second to share a strategy like this, because some people are going to use this, um, to their own detriment, right? Because they are maybe someone who could benefit from that pause on coffee for a little bit, But if you're someone who you feel in control in your relationship with coffee, you feel like maybe you're noticing some of these more negative symptoms, but it's not too bad. You don't have severe hormone dysregulation. You don't have, for example, a thyroid condition that isn't really well managed. You don't have some kind of autoimmune issue going on that isn't well managed. Then this advice is for you. Okay. So first If you're going to consume coffee or really even anything with a lot of caffeine, green tea and black tea, they are up there when it comes to caffeine content, along with espresso. And then of course our, our regular coffee bean and cup of coffee, right? So all of those things apply with this logic. Um, and what I want you to know is first and foremost, never have your coffee alone. The habit that some of us have gained where we wake up at first thing, have a cup of coffee, please stop doing that. That is such an interruption to your body's own natural signal to wake up and get started for the day. It also is a hit to your system because many people find it suppresses their appetite. And so they're able to delay breakfast. And it is my position that For most of us with bodies that are experiencing stress on a regular basis, that delaying breakfast is actually not a great idea for feeling our best and for our hormones being the healthiest that they can be. So that's really important to pay attention to. So what this does mean is that having coffee as a part of a meal, right? Might be the best option for you. Now, If you're someone who's worked with me or been a student in one of my courses or programs, you know, I'm not a big fan of lots of liquids at meals and you are correct. When I say with breakfast, I don't mean literally sipping on your coffee as you're eating. I mean, towards the end of breakfast pouring that cup of coffee, and then kind of sipping on it over the next hour, right? So not inundating your system by guzzling a big cup of coffee. That's really key there. But towards the end of the meal, enjoying that cup of coffee, that's going to give your body a chance to, first of all, use its good wake-up hormones that we want going on to help get you going for the day naturally. Second of all, you'll have a cushion from the food that you've eaten to help slow down how the caffeine hits your system really want to encourage you to be having a well-balanced breakfast with some protein, some carbs, some fat, um, to help that really work best. The next piece of advice is if you don't have it with breakfast, that's okay. But that tip of having it travel along with a meal is what I want you to take away from that. And I do recommend that it be a meal that's earlier in the day. So typically I say cut off, noon, but that's kind of arbitrary. And it depends on you, your sleep schedule, your life schedule, just think earlier in the day, right? Within the first couple of hours of the day, your first meal or two, that's when it might be okay for your body to have a cup of coffee. The next piece is I really want to discourage you from having a black coffee. Now, if you're doing it at the end of a meal, Mm, Okay, right. But the logic here is, if we can have other things traveling along with the caffeine, it can help the body to process the caffeine to delay the impact on the system. And there are likely some other protective mechanisms at play. There's some super interesting research looking at um, cultures that have had coffee in them for longer than the United States has and when we look to those cultures they most their coffee culture is one where they most often consume their coffee with get this carbohydrates actually and a little bit of fat and those cultures don't deal with the physiological impacts of caffeine in the same way that it seems like our culture does and i think that's because our culture is in this like black coffee coffee in isolation. It's not like a tradition. It's not part of a slowing down in the day. Often it's not part of a, having a little snack, something like that. So let's take some wisdom from those cultures and how they consume caffeine. And my recommendation is to put a little something in your coffee. And so my go-tos are things like a splash of full fat coconut milk, if you tolerate dairy, some organic grass-fed cream, maybe if you're somebody who likes uh, more of that bulletproof type coffee, well, I don't recommend the bulletproof coffee first thing in the morning on an empty stomach, the bulletproof type coffee towards the end of the meal, that could be a good option for you. And that's going to be something like coconut oil or MCT oil with a little bit of ghee and a little bit of collagen. And that could be great for you. But my favorite way to do it is A little bit of um, coconut milk and a little bit of collagen and a little bit of honey. And so don't be afraid of a little bit of a natural sugar that's less refined at this point in your day, especially first thing if you've had a well balanced breakfast, a little bit of that actually probably has a better benefit to your physiology than some of the fake sugars that a lot of us have used in the past or are using now. So really making sure that your coffee is traveling with some things is tip number two there. Then number three is don't do it every day. Really important when we're thinking about how our body responds to certain foods, we're more likely to become sensitive to foods that cause inflammation in our system and our foods or drinks that we consume every day, like clockwork for 365 days of the year, right? And so for that reason alone, just the encouragement to vary things a little bit, right? Like maybe you enjoy that cup of coffee three days a week. Maybe you rotate coffee and tea, right? Something like that. I'm really a big fan of limiting my caffeine to the weekend. That's me personally. And part of that has to do with my next tip, which is if you are finding that you are going through a phase of life that is really, really stressful, now may not be the time for you to be having caffeinated coffee. Because it can, and for many people, does pronounce those symptoms. So we want to do things like consume coffee when life doesn't feel too much in that way, right? When our stress levels aren't too high for too long. So a good time to have that cup of coffee would be after you've had a good night of sleep, after you've maybe had a couple days of resting, Right. So be really mindful, right, that there is going to be that roller coaster effect if you've had a couple of nights of bad sleep and then you start relying on that coffee, even if you're doing it in the other ways that I mentioned. So you do want to be really mindful of that. Okay. Finally, the last thing I want to talk about with coffee is. There are a lot of these products coming out that are coffee mixed with, especially I'm seeing mushroom spores is a big one, but other adaptogenic herbs like ashwagandha is one that I see in some and maca root. I want to really just caution you to understand the possible impacts that type of blended coffee beverage could have on your body. Because while they might help some people and some people might see great relief of certain symptoms or that they can drink coffee no problem without any of these negative drawbacks that I mentioned at the beginning, it really may not be a match for your body. And I think specifically about the maca root, which is a natural way to help bring your body into balance when it comes to increasing levels of testosterone. I'm thinking about things like ashwagandha, which for some of us with thyroid issues actually is not great um, and can make some of our symptoms worse. So you just really wanna be mindful of what some of these mixes and blends have in them and being informed about if that's something that will be a good match for your body. Now, if you're somebody who feels like it's time for you to take a pause with coffee or maybe distance yourself a little bit so you can create a new rhythm and relationship with it, I really want to encourage you instead of removing any kind of yummy, warm beverage from your life, or maybe you're an iced coffee person, is to replace. Because part of what we love about our cup of coffee is the ritual. I know personally, I loved the ritual of waking up and having a warm beverage as a part of my morning. I love the ritual of going to a coffee shop and having a coffee while I do some work, right? I love the ritual of meeting a friend for a cup of coffee. You do not have to sacrifice the parts of the coffee experience that are not the exact beverage in order to redefine your relationship with it. So replace it. Now, if you're doing that at home, I've posted on Instagram and you can check it out at Marissa Fay wellness. That's one S in Marissa, one R in Marissa F-A-Y-E wellness. And I've talked a little bit about how I love to drink chicory. So I brew chicory, just like you would brew coffee and then I like to put in my little fix-ins for that. And I can have that any time of day, which is awesome. Cause I really love an afternoon warm beverage. The other thing that I've done before is I got really into matcha lattes for a minute. Just keep in mind, there is some caffeine in there. Um, and so again, following some of the The rules that I gave you in this episode, if you're going to consume that, I also go through phases where I just do solely herbal teas, maybe because I'm working on balancing something in my body or I'm having a really stressful day or phase in life. Those are some of the things that I might pull in to just have that same ritual and enjoyment there. And then of course there is decaf coffee, and that is such an easy shift for so many of us. When you go to buy decaf coffee, if you're brewing it at home, just recommend it again, look for organic and look for something called Swiss water processed. It's a process that they can make the decaf coffee that doesn't involve as many harmful chemicals and toxins as kind of run of the mill decaf coffee is going to have. Okay. With that, I feel like I just downloaded so much coffee and caffeine knowledge to you. I hope that you feel like you learned something new in today's episode, maybe are going to try something new as a result of today's episode. As always, I would love to hear from you. So track me down on Instagram at Marissa Faye Wellness, M-A-R-I-S-A-F-A-Y-E Wellness. I would love to continue the conversation there and answer any questions that you have about caffeine. All right, go forth, enjoy your warm beverages, enjoy your ritual, and let me know how it goes if you make any changes to your routine with coffee. With that, I hope that you have a wonderful week and that you continue to tune in to learn more tips so you can be honestly well.